Adolescence After Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Fariello. We are a podcast dedicated to retracing our youthful journeys through the Star Wars Expanded Universe, one book at a time, following yeah. where it leads us. And this week we are finishing uh, the Thrawn trilogy. Thing. Or, Goodness. <laughs> or, were, or were we finished by it? I don't know who... Yeah, we may have been... This who book came won. out on top? I mean, it definitely beat me. <laughs> no, this book this book definitely beat me. Um, and you'll be able to tell by how little I remember or I have, understand about I this have book. read The Sound and the Fury multiple times, and I could not hang with this book. Like, Yeah, it was a chore. It, yeah. was, it was a chore. So um, how do we even go about I think recapping our approach this? to Dark force rising is that correct yeah yeah dark force rising was good to just say like what matters i feel like even that's gonna be tough for me but i can i will try yeah work together yeah all right we we will we will get this we'll get through this i read a synopsis online oh that's (laughs) good very uncomfortable talking about this book yeah i don't feel ready so i'm Um, glad okay Nothing. No. Nothing at all. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Smugglers, something. Whatever. Yeah. The smugglers shocker. Make an alliance with the smugglers. Yeah, they end up kind of on the good guy side and Talon Card tries to start like a smugglers guild and yeah. maybe it's gonna work and maybe it's not. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Who cares? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, not us. Um Leia, um, she Good has children. <laughs> she has children. They disappear. <laughs> she, <laughs> like we have to talk about. No, there's those like kids. so many things about this. But she um, she gives birth. She has she gives birth. She um, when Han goes off to fight with Luke, and we'll talk about that sort of the final battle. She ends up staying behind in Coruscant. The Nagri are there to protect her. Yeah. There's a kidnapping attempt at one point for the twins, and I guess Leia as well. Yeah, that's um, earlier on. Eventually, she uh, heads to sort of the final battle scene with everybody else. Yeah. No mention of the children or what's happening to them as far as i remember <laughs> i think she calls i think she kind of calls to winter over her shoulder like take care we of me like, winter because i was furious at how winter was treated <laughs> they treat winter like a slave i mean it yeah. is oh uh, okay so yeah so she ends up at the end with everybody she's with everybody else at the end and uh, Luke, Luke. Luke's like bouncing around. Eventually, he teams up with everybody else. Right. Um, heads to I forgot the planet's called, but there's this planet where like the Emperor was basically keeping like Wayland stuff. Yeah, Wayland. Like it, that was his secret like storehouse place. Yeah. Um, he has like a throne room there, and so that's where this find. They're both just trying trying to destroy the warehouse where the clones are being made like rap they keep talking about like how fast they can make a clone 
Um, you can get a new. Like, you can have a adult man in fifteen days or your money back. On, yeah. On, <laughs> yeah. On um, so yeah, so they all end up on this planet. They're like wedge and the you know X Men fighters are trying to be doing X wing fighting up in space, and everyone's there basically. Yeah, Lando I mean, eventually th- blows up the storehouse. Yeah, I mean, like throughout all this, we're getting a lot of. Thrawn and the New Republic squaring yeah. off in various battles, yeah. planning Very raids, and a lot of tactical military. stuff going on there. Yeah, um, but so it doesn't even end. matter to the overall plot. Essentially, no, <laughs> <laughs> for sure not. Um, so yeah, so Luke ends up there. Mara Jade. I think we were just see like the climax for the end. Mara Jade. Um, the last we left her in. Dark Horse Rising, she was on course, not injured. Um, she gets better, and she's just kind of, like, allowed to wander around, and Winter's eventually like, hey, this lady is, like, she used to work for the Empire, like, maybe we shouldn't yeah. keep her here. But Leia's like, well, she saved Luke's life, and so, like, she's probably fine. Yeah, and she's <laughs> my best friend, Mara Jade. Everyone's just, yeah. like, they love and trust Mara Jade so much, even so though... Bananas. <laughs> like, oh. There's no, there's not a lick of sense among. No, it makes no sense. But when, when Thrawn sends like a mercenary team to try to kidnap Leia and the kids for blah yeah. blah, Mara Jade uses her insider knowledge of the Imperial Palace to thwart the kidnapping attempt. Basically, yeah. And of course, Thrawn saw this coming because oh, yeah, art. Yeah, he used art to see all this coming, <laughs> and so he's told the kidnappers like if it goes south, then implicate Mara Jade as like your inside man so right. then she's yeah. under house arrest in the Imperial prison and then our mains break her out so right. that and they sort of convince Mon Mothma to like keep it on the down low and just like we really need her like she's not that bad like yeah so she takes Luke Han Chewie and Lando to Wayland to try to right. destroy it right um, and so they they all end up there at some point. Um, right. Blah, blah, blah. Is losing is, is his... Increasingly going insane. Um, and he is really mad when they don't get the twins. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's just itching to take over the galaxy with whatever Jedi he can right. scoop up. Um, and so he, he, he ends up there as well. Um, yeah, he's out on Wayland, and Thrawn says, you know what, I've had it with this guy, just, like, yeah. lock the doors, Ooh. leave him there on Wayland. Right. But what he doesn't know is that Kablabla has a way to kill all of the force-blocking wizards. Yeah. And he so does that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> then there's, like, this huge final battle between yeah. Kablabla, Luke, and the clone of Luke, who is named Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't... Okay, we gotta talk about that at some point. Because, like, like, if you see it written down, okay. But, like, yeah. when you're speaking the name, like, you're just gonna say Luke. Yeah, because... Do you have to pronounce it Luke? Yeah, it's definitely Luke. <laughs> and so... Also, like, how does the... Like, who cares what the clone's name is? Like... It's so Luke. dumb. Anyway. Luke versus Luke. They have a Luke. lightsaber battle. Right. And what happens is, like, throughout this whole book, Mara Jade just keeps hearing, like, the Emperor's voice in her head being like, you gotta kill Luke Skywalker. Like, that's my last command. Yeah. Title of the book. Kill Luke Skywalker. <laughs> um, and so 
she ends up killing the clone of Luke Skywalker, which somehow is like satisfies this urge right. in her. It, ca- to it, kill. it counts. I guess it counts. And the Emperor's, you know, in ghost fulfi- is like good on you. <laughs> good on you. <laughs> in fulfilling the compulsion of your dying master, get out on a technicality. Sure, right, right, yeah. Um, so yeah, she ends up killing Luke, um, and then. She also ends up killing Kablabla, right? Yeah. Yes. And she, she has Luke's... Oh, so the, how they got the clone of Luke, Luke, is that <laughs> somehow they found Luke's severed hand with the lightsaber. The Emperor so had that because Wayland is like his trophy case. So. Yeah, so he had it like in a box somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> he just had it as a souvenir. Yeah, so that's how Kablabla made the clone. Um, And so Luke had his has basically Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber and so Margie uses that to kill Kablabla and then Luke and Kablabla. Right. And then regular Luke <laughs> dumb regular Luke just like gives it to her and is like, let's go be Jedi together and she's like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. End of book. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Oh and Thrawn Thrawn ends up being killed by the Nagri. Um, and never interacts with our main characters. No, not once. Yeah. Ugh, I was so angry. And his kid, like, in his chair. Like, he's not... It's so anticlimactic. It's very... And then Captain Pelinor's like, oops. Yeah, P- Captain Pelinor's just like, I guess we All quit. Right. Which I guess means he's coming back, which I'm sort of fine with if yeah, anyone was... comes back from this book. <laughs> he was fine. <laughs> he was just <laughs> doing his best. He was just trying to, like, navigate this insane world that he's been placed in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I don't know where we go first from here. If we want to try to zero in on like specific things, or should we start more big picture discussion? I think we should start big picture because, and by big picture, I mean like Leia and these twins. <laughs> because the whole, I mean, there's a lot of problems here. I think the biggest picture problem is that this whole book series, we've been just like, these twins are coming. They're super powerful Jedi everyone's after them they're barely mentioned after like page 100 yeah no and i and, and they're just 500 page book. <laughs> this book is incredibly long and it i was wondering reading this is like where did timothy zahn gather his information on what childbirth and early parenthood is oh, like no. i think <laughs> maybe <laughs> a sitcom i think yes yes sort it, of yeah like he watched sitcom friends. level depiction not friends friends was too real friends was too raw for this it was like i love lucy or like like Somewhere, a 60s yeah like a 60s or a 70s i'm trying to think like i guess they didn't have too many babies like, bewitched did she, she yeah she yeah okay so it's like yeah. bewitched it's like a Samantha bewitched bewitch, level yeah. yeah she had tabitha yeah. Trichet. There was just some, like, phrasing and, like, it was very strange and very, like, it felt, uh, for a book that's 500 pages, it felt like we just ran through, yeah, like, okay. these kids being born. Yeah, so, first thing, if we're just going to talk about these kids being born, is that Leia is on her feet, going to meetings, doing diplomatic yeah. stuff until the moment she moment. goes into labor, which is yeah. crazy 
for someone having twins, which is a high-risk pregnancy, basically everybody ends up on bed rest. Like, it's really difficult. And even if you're not on bed rest, even if everything's going great, it's still, when you're at that stage, hard to even move around. Like, they never deal with any of the physical aspects of being pregnant. There's not any kind of talk of getting ready or, you know, anything. They don't do anything. Yeah, uh, you know, a you know, yeah, a rocking chair, like picking out onesies, a book, like they never do anything. Han's role in parenting is because there's a scene. We're just gonna go all over the place at this point. Yeah, there's a scene after they're born where Leia's like so apologetic to Han because he's getting up in the middle of the night to like take care of the kids. And yeah, like, she's like urging him not newborns. to. Yeah, she's like, "Don't like Winter and I got it. Like you, you need your sleep. Like you are, you are working so hard. First of all, we haven't seen Han do anything, <laughs> anything ever, book anything. <laughs> or ever. No, yeah. he's just no. a gentleman of leisure, as far as I <laughs> also, can like, tell. I was trying to think. Well, like when was this written? Early nineties, but like by the early nineties, like. I think we're all on board with the fact that, like, fathers need to participate in like, hope. rearing of their children. Like, this is not the way no, he, he is doing, saying, like... He is doing less than Don Draper did for baby Glenn. Yes! <laughs> so true. It's <laughs> a really good comparison. <laughs> really excited. Yeah. And, and he was very checked out by the time baby Glenn got. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... That that marriage was over, but even then, he was yeah. a more attentive father to baby Glenn and Sally. And at least felt bad, like, when he would see him every, like, weekend or whatever, like, that he was not, clearly not participating enough in this small child. Yeah, but <laughs> they're acting like Han is a hero because he somehow, sometimes, he like... He got ex- up to change a diaper. He got up to change a diaper, and I guess he exchanges oxygen for carbon dioxide in the vicinity <laughs> of the kids. <laughs> That's all you yeah, need. Like, I don't know. What are we taking him away from? Like, I don't he doesn't know. do anything. And so, but I mean, yeah. So she's, <laughs> I she's so she's, and then the way that labor and delivery is is that mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically like in uh, you know, your seven brides for seven brothers kind of depiction, <laughs> where like a woman who is slightly pregnant says like. Oh my goodness, the baby's coming. And right. then she goes off into the next room. And then right. 20 there's minutes later, there's just like a three month old baby right there. It's, you know, adorable and wrapped in a blanket and everything's great because, yeah, it's just insane. She's like, Oh, I'm in labor. I better go down to the hospital. Yeah. And then in the we next do see scene, a doctor. There's we do see a doctor, a human doctor, which is the first time I think we've ever seen that in a Star Wars. <laughs> that was pretty mind blowing. And they said, and so she's been in labor for 10 hours, which when she delivers, which is very short, but okay. And they say that the way the hospital is set up is to try to soothe the woman who's in labor. Yeah. There are undulating lights being projected on the walls to, that yeah. sync up with your brain waves to try to relax you. That mm-hmm. sounds <laughs> like hell. Yeah. To spend 10 hours in labor with nothing to look at. But undulating but lights. <laughs> With apparently no That's the level of tech we are at in the world <laughs> universe when it comes to giving birth. <laughs> yeah, there aren't there's not any pain relief or nope. discussion of it. Because even if they say like it was an option but Leia chose not to, fine, I'll respect that. But you're not even gonna yeah. it's not even a thing. It's not even a choice. 
and or discussion of any kind of discomfort or struggle. Like, her yeah. annoyance by the lights is the most <laughs> we see her. Yeah, Han is there and he's nervous, but they're also just sort of joking back and forth. And then yeah. out of nowhere, they're just like, oh, here's a baby. It was just <laughs> right. And then it's like, wait a couple seconds later. And here's a baby. baby. <laughs> and it, it mean, labor, you know, I, I would not, I would not want to be someone who universalizes my own experience. Obviously, right. every woman has her own birth experience and, you know, it's unique and beautiful and special or awful, whatever. Everyone's entitled to their feeling about it, but it is athletically challenging. Yeah. It is intense. And it requires a degree of concentration and commitment in the moment. Like, you're not going to be joking around or thinking about this or that. Or And then one of the main things, also totally creepy, is <laughs> <laughs> that she is then sensing what's going on with the babies while she's yeah. in labor. Right. And she has this moment, which I was looking for, where... She has the um feeling where is it? So she pushed the baby. Whatever. I don't I can't find the exact quote. But yeah, she, so yeah, she she's she, like, thinking, senses them. Yeah. Yeah, she's like pushing. And it's also also like vague. Like, is the haze code censoring this book? Like, why can't you say what's going on in the person's body when they have a baby? Yeah, no. There's no discussion of, like, any physiology. No, there's no talk of, like, contractions or parts of the body or anything. Like, you don't have to you don't have to yeah. have a that is it is so much like a sip, like a sip yeah you don't have to have like form. a you don't have like to have a sex ed thing or anything but you could no, be a little like bit real like general like but when she feels the baby's getting like moving down she they're stressed out by the experience of labor right. and she sort of tries to reach out with the force to calm them and she feels jason she feels jason's mind relax when she does that she feels like this force connection right. between them and then he, she senses him then in turn, like, reach out to Jaina and help Jaina relax. Yeah. And she has this moment of reflection thinking about, like, oh, my gosh, they have this amazing connection to the Force. They're so in tune with each other. It's so yeah. intense. They're so special. And I'll never be able to share in that with them. Like, I'll never yeah. know that feeling. I'll never be as connected to them as they are to each other. And Han's going to be even less yeah. connected to them. There's this whole part of their lives that he's not <laughs> going to have any access to. So, like, these children are still in her body. And right. all she can think about is how sort of distant and right. away from her they are, which, like, maybe she should be screened for postpartum depression because yeah. that sounds like maybe she's like going to be having it's trouble bonding or something. Super intense. And, but intense in a way that's like, doesn't but that's have any like, consequences or effect on yeah, what happens after. But that just seems like a profoundly sad thing for a person to be thinking yeah. during labor is like, I'll never really know my children. Like, right, and like my husband isn't going to know them at all. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> Obviously, none of us can ever totally know another person, but that's not what you're hopefully right, dwelling your on. Thought yeah. as you are preparing to meet your children, who apparently just like walk out of your body through like an yeah. elevator. So, like, I mean, there's yeah, just, I think they just walked. <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she never pushes. No, no, they're there's, just there. There's no pushing. There's no contractions. There's no. Yeah, they just show up. 
anything. <laughs> it's infuriating. <laughs> I was so upset. And then, yeah. as far as I can tell, I mean, maybe that's the miracle of the Star Wars universe. Maybe that's the technology they're not showing us, is that, like, she gives birth to twins and then somewhere between fine. six hours and two weeks later is just like, doop do doop 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 There's no yeah. recovery at all. No, no recovery and, like, barely a thought about that. Yeah. She also uh, apparently is solo breastfeeding twins effortlessly, which more power to her. Great. But, like, she's also doing all of this, like, taking meetings and reading on the data pad and trying yeah. to get this diplomatic stuff done. And there's a real underselling of the intensity that comes with bringing home newborn twins. Like, Right. I mean, this is, okay, maybe this is, like, a good place to segue into, like, winter and, like, who winter is and what her role is. Because <laughs> the way, at least to me, my interpretation of this, again, didn't read this book super closely. The interpretation of this is that, like, winter is sort of like a catch-all human. That, like, yes. anything that needs, and for them, for, in this situation particularly, she's, like, nannying the kids. And so that, like, any time Leia is off somewhere else, winter is taking care of these babies. Absolutely. But, like, Winter's also doing a ton of research. Mm -hmm. She's, like, very much involved in the politics of this place. She's helping to she's root like, out a spy ring. Right. She's, a like, possible like, spy assistant. ring. Like, I... There's, like, there. no child care. We don't have the nanny droid yet, as far as thank I know. Thank God, but... <laughs> well, thank God, but, like, at least that's something that, like, is taking care of these. I mean, it does make sense now, like, just the way everyone's just so blasé about these kids showing up that, like, Lei and Han, this Lei and Han in this book, yeah, they could totally be like, you know what, let's stick these kids on a planet, see you in a couple months, We've gotta <laughs> go do some stuff. Like, they just seem very, like, you would think that this book would end, or at least, like, there would be a scene at the end where, like, Luke meets his niece and nephew, or we go back to them. Yeah. And there's just like, like, why? This is my, I'm getting really mad. <laughs> this is my big problem. Like, introducing these twins is a huge, huge plot point, both in this series, but also in the trajectory of the entire expanded universe. Like, we, you know, they become as main characters as our three mains. Absolutely. Why throw it out and make it seem like, like, why introduce this and then not do something interesting? Yeah, no, they treat bringing home baby twins as the same sort of level of effort and care and interest and emotional investment as bringing home, like, a puppy. Like, yeah. or even less, like, bringing home a goldfish. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the puppy, you have to stay up late and take it out on walks and, like, train it. Like, there's none of that. No, I mean, like, there's barely anything. It's essentially, the kids are either... Anytime they sh they're shown, they're either, like, sleeping in their cribs, yeah. or there's one scene where Leia's nursing them, and then she gives them one to put in her cribs to sleep. And that's another thing. Like, that's an opportunity to talk about it. Whether or not breastfeeding is easy for Leia or difficult for Leia, or she considers right. supplementing or doesn't. Like, whatever choice you arrive at is fine, but don't act like it's just some automatic, effortless thing that you just do instantly right. without any trouble. And 
I was constantly being baffled by the fact that people are just nonstop carrying both twins and doing things with both twins simultaneously. Yeah. And like, it's not that you can't, but it's hard. Right, that seems hard. Yeah. Yeah, there's just no – I'm – like, there's just no grounding in any kind of reality. And by reality, I don't mean, like, realistic the way, like, you know, we as humans on Earth deal with this. No. But any reality of, like, human emotion or character. Like, there's just no... No, there's no human sense. emotion. There's no human connection. And there's no human physical frailty, right? Like, Right. right. There is a period, no matter how well it goes for you, when you recover from giving right. birth. And she had twins. And she had twins. That I is, assume naturally we don't even know. We don't we even know. Really talk about it. But the implication was <laughs> right. that she had twins naturally. Naturally, yeah. But they could have just, uh, you know, Star Trek beamed the kids out of her for all that they yeah. told us. Star Trek would have done such a better job at this. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think that childbirth is more I mean, considered. They have a whole like section on a star, you know, Starfleet command like that is doctors. Like they, like, <laughs> Bones was a doctor. Like, and there were other doctors. The people in blue were like medical scientists. Yeah, they were. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, 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 oh my God! That reminded me of the part. Earlier on, when somebody sort of like, whoopsie, lets it slip in front of Han that Leia had this weird episode when they went to Indoor where she oh, passed yeah, yeah, out yeah. and like right. oh, had God. a vision, vision slash possibly hallucinated. And Han is like, well, when we get home, you are definitely going to run this by the doctor, right? And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah totally. It's like, yeah, because that's when you need to check in with the doctor a month right. later. After. Yeah. Yeah. You're. In your third trimester of pregnancy, you pass out and hallucinate slash have a vision. Like, you right. need to run that by the doctor immediately. Yeah. Call the doctor. Yeah. Use it's your comm links. They don't have comm. They're all broken. <laughs> like, <laughs> nobody talks to anyone ever. Nobody talks to anybody. That is so true. Like, like there's write no a write a letter to your doctor and give it to the Pony Express. Yeah. And so when you get back in six weeks, he should have just read it I and mean, will be ready for your appointment. This is a bold statement, but like as ridiculous and like infuriating as Episode Three, Revenge of the Sith, with Padme having the twins. At least, like, she was physically uncomfortable and <laughs> yep. was, like, upset. And I don't know what those, like, droidy alien guys were doing. The but like the floaty droids and the weird, like, the, the nightmare skirt the thing that they put her in. Yeah, it's like, there's a lot going on there and there's a lot to be, that's problematic and to be upset about. But at least, like, she was physically... It, it was a little uncomfortable, in, in at least. Pain and and experiencing something. <laughs> right, yeah. No, she was physically connected to the experience of childbirth. Yeah. In a way that, like, you understand that it's a thing that happens to the human body. Like, right, right. That it's not just in a room and just magically... Yeah, there I are mean, it's like the was, Sims. Oh, my God. It's it like was, the Sims. It's exactly like the Sims. When you go to the hospital in, like, Sims 4 or whatever, and you birth, and they're just, like, hand you a baby. Yeah. <laughs> or just shows up in, like, Sims 2, right? You just, like, you're pregnant, and then a baby just, like, shows up in your house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's exactly it's that. Like, that. <laughs> <laughs> like some other Sims. <laughs> I mean, there's not – and there's no discussion of the ways in which being – 
eight months pregnant with twins is uncomfortable or limiting of a person. Right. Uh, right. Of her job or of her just walking, uh, you know, down the hallway. You know, like, it's I, harder to walk places. There's babies squishing your lungs up so you can't breathe all the way. There's yeah. babies pushing down on your bladder so you feel like you have to pee all the time. You yeah. can't eat that much because your stomach's been moved over, but you're hungry all the time. Like, there are issues. Yeah. <laughs> And Han seems to just have no idea what is going. Thank God she didn't just huh. die. I mean, like, they had better health care for postnatal in Downton Abbey. And yeah. somebody died of <laughs> preeclampsia on Downton Abbey. But yeah, I, mean, I was thinking, not to bring this up again and again, but, like, thinking about, because there's a birth scene in Dune Messiah where Leto and Gamma, the, the magical twins in Dune, magical in quotes, are born and it is horrific and like horrifying and a character dies and it is not it does not make it seem easy or like you know it is and but it's that but it's also like this very emotional like big moment whereas this just sort of felt like leia had the babies let's keep going yeah (laughs) we just have to like keep moving and there's no like sitting in that like even them as parents like like them thinking like you they're know, not all parents. Lives have changed, right? No, they're not. They handed it off to Winter, and they're like, "Winter, you know, we'll we'll raise your salary a little bit. Here's your next job." Like, does Winter have a salary, or did Ben or Gotta buy I'm, her I'm when she really was a child? About Winter, like, really concerned about who she is and what she does, and is she like a slave? And, like, can she leave? If she, because if I was Winter, I'd be like, you know what. This, this doesn't is, seem like the right fit for me. <laughs> like, we we need to talk a lot about the way that uh, my job description has changed. In right, like, I like was not consulted about because Mara Jean says, "Oh, you were targeter." Is that her? Yeah, targeter. Name? There was like a code name that she had that like no one could figure out who this person was. So like Winter was clearly like a big important. Yeah, she was one of the main figure. kind of figures in the rebellion. And this is what she's <laughs> reduced. She's Luke's library she assistant. Doesn't seem to like Leia that much. Like, she- no. I mean, they talk about how she's very, um, like emotionally, right, distant. Like, she- distant. That's her thing. But you can still indicate fondness for a person without yeah, being I all mean, gushy about it. You can still have a connection like, and have friendships. Yeah, like a loyalty there, but it's mostly to Bail Organa. And like loyalty in a very like sterile sense, like yeah, like, but then not much emotion. <laughs> yeah, but I'm and also I mean this book treats the scenes of Mara Jade coming back to places that she had been at with yeah. the Emperor as having more emotional weight yeah. than the birth of these twins. Sure. Yeah, and it's just like not there's not an equal sense of importance to things that should be. Yeah. And I mean, just you get, this is like, this is like breaking dawn part two or just yeah. all breaking dawn. As far as like all, the, all breaking dawn. <laughs> it's like all of breaking dawn. As far <laughs> as the seriousness with which childcare is treated, right? It's just yeah. like you have a baby and it's no problem. You just hand the baby off to whoever and every few days check in and be like, hey, where's the baby? I'll tell you what, this yeah. book this book could have taken a few notes from Breaking Dawn on the birth scene though, because that yeah, was gruesome. Brutal. Yeah. It doesn't have to be brutal, but it has to be 
it has to have weight. It has to have right. some kind of narrative realism. weight. Yeah. It has to it has to mean something. Otherwise, like just move it off screen. Commit all the way to being like seven brides right. for seven brothers and just make us wait outside in the waiting room with the other characters. Yeah. It's just like Yeah. And then and then Yeah, it's that and it's also that, you know, we've been building up to these twins and it's like it doesn't matter. Like No. Like they're... why have them show up here at all? Like No. Like, they have the same level, they get of interest to the characters as, like, getting some turtles for a new terrarium. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like, like interest- Luke doesn't even, like, he doesn't sense them being born, I don't think. He doesn't, nope. like, there's no even, he's been, like, worried about how am I going to teach these kids, Mr. Kablaba? And, like, there's no even thought to them from him. The book ends with him and Mara Jade, like, skipping off to start a stupid Jedi Academy. Yeah, like, there should be a scene where he meets them, where he's, like, holding them for the first time and stuff, and And it is Because that's also another thing. Like, I don't... We can talk about this maybe a little bit, but, like, a complaint we've had about all of these books so far is that there really isn't, like, a cohesive theme or, like, trajectory (laughs) to where this is going. Yeah. But maybe what would make it a little bit better would be that if you end this book with Luke and the twins, right? And then yeah. being like, those are his students. Like, that yeah. generation. Not Mara Jade, who's like, why are we biffles with Mara Jade? <laughs> I gotta say, this book, and I know that she's huge and she comes back over and over, but like, yeah. this is her introduction. I'm mad that Mara Jade's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate her. Are you kidding me? This is awful. And it got worse. Like, I think it got worse as these three books. It got worse. I hate her so much. Like, and I, and it's not all her fault, although plenty of it's her fault. But I hate how no one takes seriously the fact that she's a terrible person who has done unspeakable things. Yeah. Like, nobody seems to, that's the other blase part of this is that like nobody cares except winter (laughs) yeah winter is sincerely just are you kidding me with this but everybody else they get angry at people who are suspicious of mara jade but but they're also so dumb because mara jade has literally told them over and over again i'm gonna kill luke skywalker and she's going to continues, do it. <laughs> continues yes. to tell them. Anytime anyone is nice to her, she's like, I'm going to kill your brother. You know that, right? She says yeah, that to Leia. Like, oh, best friend. Let's see. That's <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah. And she, like, and, like, we're supposed to be emotionally connecting to Mara Jade's struggle at. Oh, I had no one to turn to after the Emperor was killed and the Empire yeah, fell. Yeah, it feels, like, sincerely bad for her. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You're a monster! Like, yeah, yeah, it's really baffling. The You, you know, obviously not single-handedly, but you have contributed to the deaths of billions. I mean, unspeakable yeah. horrors have you aided and abetted and you wish you still were that's the thing right. Mara Jane's not, like not sorry this, this is not a redemption story yeah she's not sorry at all the only reason she's on their side is that the emperor is dead if the emperor still existed she would still be on his side she misses yeah. him loves him right. regrets nothing yeah also like 
I mean, the clone stuff is just completely not thought about seriously at all. No. But, like, she does murder, like, yeah. Luke. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the book doesn't, I mean, it's frustrating because, and I was thinking about this yesterday and today, is that, like, what makes really good science fiction for me, right, is, like, clones, robots, like, Westworld, whatever it is, right, those shows, those films, Blade Runner, right, takes very seriously the implications of, like, recreating human life and, like, right, consciousness. Right, the, the subjectivity and the consciousness. And... Yes, it is very, um, like, very well, th- like, well thought out and grounded and, like, this creating life like this has implications it has effects and they are you know complicated this book just like here's an extra luke yeah okay for this scene while you want him you got him right and like there's just nothing even like no character has a thought of like oh man like this is a lot to deal with or yeah like, no luke, i mean luke thinks in his head like oh that when I was on Dagobah, I had that vision of, like, myself as Vader. I think it was this guy. <laughs> I'm like, no. That's not what was happening. <laughs> Luke's so dumb. He is. He's really stupid and he's <laughs> really committed to it. And it's, like, a super bummer. But everybody is. Yeah, Everyone's everybody insane. Is. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm just, like, flipping back through my notes. Yeah. On page 172. Where they say, um, they're like, Han's like, how dare you put our best friend Mara Jade in jail, uh, which, like, house arrest. And the guy's like, look, we don't know her. We can't trust her. Um, Lay and I vouch for her, Han told him, trying hard to ignore that whole thing about her wanting to kill Luke. (laughs) Why are you trying to ignore that, Han? Yeah, maybe just, like, put that in the forefront and say, like, that's, you know what? We kind of need her right now because she's, like, useful to us. But, like, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. She's pretty dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> Morgana Solo smiled slightly. I think we owe you a lot more than just one, she said. Mara looked her straight in the eye. Remember that when I kill your brother. Morgana Solo didn't flinch. You still think you want to kill him? I don't want to dis- <laughs> I don't, I don't want to discuss it, Mara told her, getting up from her chair and stalking over to the window. Like, that's it! <laughs> Yeah, they think she is the dread pirate Roberts, and it's like most likely kill you in the morning. Like, yeah, they just love. They're just like, you're our best friend. <laughs> this isn't funny, Lou Congrel. She hasn't given up on killing you, you know. She told Leia that back on Coruscant, which tells me that she doesn't really want to do it. Luke countered. People don't usually go around announcing murder plans in advance, especially not to the victim's family. You willing to bet your life on that? Luke shrugged fracturally. I already have. Like. Also, people do announce their murder plans in advance yeah. all the time. <laughs> it's very common. <laughs> to threaten people as a cry for help, like as a way to flex, for whatever reason, people, not all of them, but a lot of people forecast their murder plans ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's a just- great strategy, but it's not like a, it's not, it doesn't. If you go around repeatedly threatening to kill someone, if you're like, I have a plan, I'm definitely going to murder this person, and you tell a lot of people, and then that person doesn't turn up dead, the cops generally don't say, like, oh, well, we're not going to look at that person, because they announced repeatedly right. their intention to kill them, and, <laughs> right. you know, if they were really going to do it, they would have kept it a secret. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Ugh. 
And it just, like, I couldn't bring myself to, it got so boring. It got so boring. It was very boring. Because nobody cared about anything. Yeah. Yeah, nobody no cared about anything. Nobody cared about. I mean, except Kablabla, God bless him, swinging for the fences right. every time they put him in the book. But there was so hard. not enough Kablabla. No, there was not enough Kablabla. I mean, Thrawn just ended up being <sighs> so whatever. It's just like a blue fart <laughs> just out there in space. <laughs> just tooting around. <laughs> he's just like supposed to be all impressive and grand, but like he's just like, and that's it. That's Thrawn. Yeah. Just Yeah, because he just constantly fails. Yeah. All he does is think about how amazing he is, wish desperately that anyone would let him talk about anything ever, then, like, when no one asks him, ask the questions for them, and then talk. Yeah. Talk about art. Not say anything yeah. insightful or anything about it. Just, like, yeah. identify it. Like, here's some art, okay. and here's where it's from. Okay. That's, like, it. Yeah. And, I mean, I had this theory over the weekend, which I told you, but, that like, He's not even on the cover or back cover of this book. And this is, I think, a first edition, maybe? Or a first edition paperback. Yeah, that's, like, what um, they looked like when they came out, yeah. Yeah. Like, maybe the publisher were also like, you know what, Thrawn. Yeah, this isn't not, who we need. not great. He, he has not had, a like, a main presence on any of the covers of these books. It's been Kablabla. Yeah, it's all about Kablabla. He's the most interesting kind of dynamic yeah. villain. For sure. Oh, for sure. But then, like, there's not enough of him. And by the time right. we get to him, that's another thing, is that our, the the twins get born, like, a third of the way into this book. And the way it's been structured, building up to them, I was like, oh, okay, well, they're here. We should start, we should be winding this down soon. Right, like, like let's end. <laughs> why are, what's, what's going on that there's still so much book? And... There was so much stuff going on with, like, oh, Thrawn's doing, like, a a feint over here, and they're faking him out over here, and yeah, he's totally, totally figured out that they're f- f- uh, faking this over there. It was just so much, like, boring. Just yeah, guys I mean, in different smoke-filled rooms yeah. talking <laughs> about what the guys in the other smoke-filled rooms are thinking, which I already know what those guys are thinking, because right, I just endured that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just didn't. I mean, these these books could have been one book, definitely. For sure, definitely two tops, but maybe I would two. S- but I, even that seems well. If they're going to be the length of this book, then they right, should definitely be only be pages, one five hundred page book. Sure. Yeah. Also, I felt like so the way Thrawn gets taken out is the Nagri bodyguard kills mm-hmm. him because yeah. the Nagri bodyguard says like. We know that you betrayed and enslaved us and, you know, in vengeance, we murder you, which is fine. Like, that's not, it's not that that's a bad end for Thrawn. It's just like, it felt anticlimactic in the moment, you know, like. Yes. And, and that's the last scene before, like, Luke and Marjorie go hand in hand off into the sunset. Shouldn't it have been Thrawn versus Leia? And then yes. Thrawn, like, slowly realizing that the Nagri were actually right. there for, yeah, like, should have been were there. actually on Leia's side instead of on Thrawn's side. Like, shouldn't yeah. that have been? That would have been much more climactic. 
where it was, like that somehow the, they were squared off in the showdown. I mean, Leia is also totally si- sidelined. Like, why did you even bring her? That's the other thing yeah. with Mara Jade is like, no one takes her evil seriously. No. And she is just like a black evil heart. She's a terrible person who doesn't feel bad for any of the horrible things that she's done. Right. And she's also, you know, diminished in that way that women are in the big final fight scene. Like, she does kill Luke and Kablabla, but then when Kablabla explodes, because that's what you do when you have the dark side and someone kills you. They said the Emperor also exploded, but he just, like, fell down that shaft, right? He didn't, like, did he explode? Like, he fell down the suey hole, and then a bunch of, like, light and yeah, air kind of, like, rushed like, up. But I thought that was just the like force. electrical circuit. <laughs> I thought that was just, like, he was still shooting force lightning, and he bumped yeah. into something. He didn't, like, explode like a, you know, like a, he just, like, kind of fell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they say that when you, so, like, when Kablabla explodes, Mara Jade's right there because she killed him, and... First, Luke saves her from the explosion by, like, right. grabbing her. And he says, like, in the, like a really tight force grip, he, like, grabs her. And then yeah. she's knocked out by the force of the explosion. So then Talon Card has to, like, carry her out in his arms. And that's, like, yeah. both just such unnecessary touches. Like, yeah. why, why can't she just walk out? Why can't she just kill everybody and leave? She's yeah. done it so many times before in her <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, it would be a more... Like, she's awful and evil, and, like, if that's who she was and everyone was, like, on the same page with that, yeah, I think she would be a more interesting character. Like, if she ends up killing Luke and kills Kablaba and then is like, you know what, I'm out, like, I'm gonna go off and do my own thing, like, I, I you know, I'm still yeah. loyal to the Emperor, like, this is not my place. Like, that would seem like a more fitting... Or even or if, if she they had just, like, dragged some... into this situation, where they're like, "Okay, the only way we can we can get out of this is if we have Marjay's help." But like, once we get her help, like, we're gonna we're... disengage from this. Yeah, we can't <laughs> deal with this. Or if she had some kind of awakening over the course right, of the if books, she had, like, a, an that redemption, she like, there is no redemption. There's no redemption if she if they had act because they they drop all of these little hints throughout that maybe yeah. she you know could have had a different path that she doesn't have a memory of her life before the emperor because you know he took her from her family when she was very young that she thought she was the only emperor's hand but there are actually a lot of emperor's hands like if she had her own awakening to the ways in which that she had been like manipulated and harmed and at the end like she kills luke and kablabla and she still on some level loves the emperor but she also knows that like she's realizing that things aren't what she thought they were and she yeah yeah but something like right, anything yeah and there's it's hinted at you know that that's and maybe that's what you know the book thinks happened but it didn't actually happen at it all it didn't actually happen no yeah. because it's essentially she just said like well i love the emperor i love the empire the way it was before i don't like the guys who are running it now they're rude to me and yeah. so i guess i'll hang out with you guys like right yeah that's all it is yeah and and it's also like there's such a lack of character development for everyone that even when you have these like tiny bits and pieces from our Jade, when you're seeing it through like Luke, Leia, and Han's eyes, and they're just like, "We love you! Like, come have lunch with us! Like, sit with us! We, you're our best friend!" Yeah, we like, won't, just, we we would never let them treat you like this. You're so amazing. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's no thought 
on the page of like how they got to that point or how they think that way. Like it's just no. In what it's re- in what universe? Answer this one. But in oh, what universe <laughs> is Leia wanting to just be chill friends with this woman who is the hand of the emperor? Emperor who who is literally saying she's going to kill her brother, who you know is you know as much an enemy as the emperor or Vader ever was. was. Like it's just and Winter again. This Winter is the only one who's like, hey, like. There's yeah. something going on here. Like, she works for the Empire. Like, I think we need to, you know, Keep an eye out. Take some caution. And Leia's like, no, no, no. She saved my brother once to... And I mean, know. she did help them with the kidnapping thing, but even so... Even so, yeah. It's also, so they're fun. not traumatized by that kidnapping thing no. at all. Well, that's, that's a... That is the first of a thousand... Many to come! <laughs> like... <laughs> They're just from the get-go, like, I guess this is the way our lives you, are lived. You don't <laughs> want to get too worked up on round one. No, no, because it is going to happen countless times. I was also, at a certain point, getting upset about, I felt like this, I felt like Chewbacca wasn't being taken seriously as, like, a full-fledged yeah. character. I felt like he was oh, being no. treated basically like a Rottweiler or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's got yeah, some personality and he's got some opinions, but, like, he's not treated. And everyone's talking like, you never, I don't know if in any of these books, maybe in Dark Horse Rising, you see him speak or, like, communicate. Because in this book, there's, like, a whole argument where um, when Han is going off with Luke and telling Card to go to Wayland, right. they're leaving Leia behind. And Chewie's, like, really torn because he wants to, you know, he has a life debt with Han, but then that life debt also kind of, like, applies now to Leia and the twins and so he doesn't know what to do and eventually Leia's like well the Nagri will help so they come but like the way they talk about it like Chewie's not there like they're Han and Leia are having this conversation right and they don't it's, he's not they don't really permitted him. to weigh in at all no and they I mean, seem Han- to like just assume they know how he's gonna feel about yeah and I mean they it's sort of like the same as with Winter like Han and Leia just draw these people into their orbit and then take them for granted like crazy yeah, and, and, like, their jobs are just, like, whatever we tell you to do in this moment. Yeah. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah, are you, like, an 18th century lord of a country manor? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. and, yeah, it's the, the um, like, way in which it's addressed is just, like, this is just the way it is, and there's nothing behind, like, there's just nothing behind it. Is this where Chewie's life debt is introduced? Um... I don't know. Or maybe the Han Solo Adventures. That's maybe gotta that be. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it the way would be... it's sort of like just kind of talked about here, it seems. Yeah. Like it's a given, but. Yeah. Yeah, poor Chewie. Yeah, no, Chewie deserved better. There's just like, it's just no fun. Yeah, I think there's no fun, there's no lightness to it. No. There's no characters. There's no characters. <laughs> I mean, there's people. There's barely. People. It's very much like a chessboard. Like people just, like we said the last. Yeah, it's book. still like, that. It's still moved. so dry. Just watching people say, like, I'll move these ships here. It's like, oh, I see you move those ships there. So I'll move yeah. these ships here. Oh, okay. Well, I'll pretend like I put these ships here. And there's, you know, are there asteroids in the sky? Who cares? Also, <laughs> there's a plant that spies on people. And. <laughs> That 
was built up so much. Like, yeah. It was going to be this like amazing reveal. And there was no payoff because they're like, oh, actually, it's this magic tree in the hallway is sending signals to Thrawn. Like, I, you know, I wanted it to be like a guy, you know, I wanted it to be someone we knew. I wanted there to be any kind of emotional stakes or payoff yeah. as opposed to just being like, oh, there's this listening tree that we've got in the hallway that Thrawn, I guess, knew how to turn on the listening tree. <laughs> we'll get that With thing art. out of here. He turned on with art. <laughs> <laughs> the power of art. Oh, I hate him so much. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I don't, I mean, we've said this before that, like, clearly military Star Wars books are not our thing. But, like, mm. I've watched military movies and, like, if you have really compelling characters and a compelling story, I think there's a way in which we could have enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I mean, like, Rogue One was very much pitched as, like, a Star Wars war movie, and I enjoyed that a lot, because it still has, like, even if it is military and war, it still has, like, people at its heart. It's still about characters, right? Right, right. And, And, like, developed characters with an arc, and... Right. And struggle, and, you know, all this. And this just seems to not be about characters. It's about moving ships through space, maybe? Also, just... Just the nonstop, like, do, 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 yeah, no, I mean, going still for a second, <laughs> going everywhere. And there's some very strange to me descriptions of the culture of certain professions that I find weird. Like this whole, like, oh, you're a smuggler and you, this guy yeah. doesn't trust a smuggler and wants a smuggler. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. like, I found myself thinking today as I was finishing it, that, like, I miss Kevin J. Anderson's ability to come up with interesting creatures and yes, Because I think yes. that's another missed opportunity in these books. Um, there isn't as much attention paid to, like, I think because it's so focused on the sort of, like, military aspect of, yeah. of Star Wars, um, you know, like we have the Nagri and we have the Salamander guys, but like, but in, they're even not they're, as compelling as a lot of not. the and, creatures that we run into in other books. And their sort of strangeness or otherness is really underplayed because almost everything is really underplayed. And I mean, yeah, yeah the Nagri are like sneaky and creepy, but I just want a little, a little more, you know? Yeah. They dressed them up as Jawas at one point, which I was like, I don't know how that makes sense. <laughs> I guess the Nagri are really short, and I just never... I guess, but they have, like, crocodile mouths, right? I mean, I think that, you know, if you take the hood down, then they're obviously not Jawas, but they were wearing, like, Jawa robes? But I was like, are there Jawas on Coruscant? Like, why are we dressing them up as Jawas? So, like, I was I, very confused. By it was a weird, it was a weird <laughs> choice. It felt like, you know, when you just throw in, like, a familiar alien in the yeah. books to, like, reference the film. Exactly, like, yeah. Like, what's a Jawa okay. doing here? All right, fine. Yeah, I'm gonna, I don't know if you walk in Imperial Palace and you see Jawas and, like, Leia's like, I feel like that would room. I feel like that would draw at least as much attention as just having Nagri. Like. Right. Also, like, now that we know a little bit more about Jawa culture, like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, no, they're, they're very cowardly people. Like, they would yeah. not... The guy, yeah. And also, they stick out on Coruscant, I would think. Yeah, I don't know what's up with all... Yeah, it's not not thought through in this uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole situation. It's just... It was a very frustrating book. Also, I can't really say that much about the smuggler stuff because once like, after a certain point, I was like, oh, this is a Talon card chapter. I will take the next chapter. Like, this yeah, is nothing really to do those for sure. with... I full-on skipped, like, a few of them. I was just yeah. like, anything that happens in here is totally disconnected from what's supposed to be the main plot line. <laughs> and in the other chapters, other characters will explain it to me at length right. if anything right. happens. Yeah. So, eh. Yeah. Yeah, these are just not not our jam. No, not at all. Yeah, how would you, like, we're at the end of the series, so, like, what would you do with this? Like, you get all of this plunked down on your desk. Like, how do you... Like, if I can't change the, like, basic plot. I mean, I, I mean, know. I think I would, I would remove the twins completely. Like, okay. that's another book or yeah, a short story. Like, that doesn't need to be here. Mm-hmm. I think I would do what we talked about with Mara Jade. Like, either this is a full-on redemption, her realizing that, like, her life has been a lie and you know, her coming to terms with that or it's her being like, you know what, I am the bad guy and I'm going to, I have to work with you guys for, you know, both our benefits, but I'm the villain here. And sort of stick to that. Um, I don't know what I would do with Thrawn. I don't know. Thrawn's a tricky one. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I would have him be more menacing. Like, have something happen in the first book or early on, you know, that shows our main characters that this guy is like a huge threat. Yeah. Instead of him just, you know, telling Captain Pelinor <laughs> all the time. Whatever. Um, I mean, Kablama would be the star. He would. Yeah. He would be. He would be the main villain. I think. No, I think you have to invert the Kablabla and Thrawn proportions. Like, we get as much, like, we should be getting the amount of Kablabla that we are of Thrawn. And yeah. we need to scale back Thrawn to the current level yes. of Kablabla. Yes, I think they need to be switched. And they they both, I think, need to be more uh, menacing. Well, and they're so goofy and they hate each other. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Neither so of them takes the other one seriously. A bigger threat. I mean, if you're going to bring in the clone stuff, fine. But you also have to put some more weight behind that because I barely remember that there are clones in these <laughs> books. And, like, technically, they're a huge part of the story. Like, they're a lot of the reason why things are happening. But Right. But they're, if, yeah. I mean, there's so many MacGuffins. It's like a yeah, bunch of it's, MacGuffins. It's exhausting. It's <laughs> just nonstop, like, looking for things. Yeah. Uh, I think that I would, what would I do? Um, I think that I would start with, hmm. I think that I would, I would have it start with, Mara Jade seeking out Kablabla because she thinks mm. maybe they can like he could be the new emperor for her that okay. like she you know yeah she likes older dark so force using men and so she's yeah. just like you know <laughs> this is her type this is her type and so she's like so 
you know, angry at what happened and she wants to kill Luke in the New Republic. And she also hates the direction that the Empire's gone in so that she sort of finds Kablabla and is Mm -hmm. like, you know, we need to, we need to get this going. And then we could have Mara Jade and Kablabla off doing their own thing while the Republic and Thrawn are fighting each other. And neither sense. and neither side knows about this like spoiler thing going right, on out here. Yeah. And yeah. then Yeah, and then maybe eventually Kablabla and Thrawn like Thrawn sort of manipulate Kablabla into teaming up with him and throwing Mara Jade under the bus. Mm-hmm. And so then and Mara right, so has to, has up, to go yeah. over and team up with our side. Right. And through that experience gets the like just the first step in the redemption spark right. of realizing that she's been on the wrong side all this time right right like right. just like ending there like not yeah. friends right. not happy care. but just right. like but this is yeah. that's where she starts is sort of realizing everything's gone wrong yeah. i think that's a better way a better way to do this i also i mean i think it also gives a better theme because like I don't really know what the what this book is about. <laughs> yeah. You know, and which I think I said in the first when we did Air the Empire, is like why start here? Like why start five years after Yeah. Jedi? Like what is going on here? And I think like that setup makes more sense in terms of like here are the like remnants of the Empire. They're all kind of doing different things and like if Mara Jade's story is a is a road to redemption, even if it's not like a complete redemption, then like, you know, that sort of story makes more sense. If she was just the main character, yeah, and like we like ran into our mains and like they were part of the story but weren't. I think that's another problem. Is I think like we said in Dark Force Rising, I think you said that you know these characters are just sort of stagnant, right? They're just the characters we saw on screen at the end of jedi and there's no development except maybe luke goes down (laughs) (laughs) quite a bit but like there's no change and there's no story arc for these characters no at all you know it's it's such a bummer and like and we're getting them at these moments in their lives when there should be all kind of yes dynamic and changing things happening you know, even yeah. if you do have, like, a staff that's raising them, your life still changes when you have kids in ways that are yeah. just not even hinted at here. No, not yet. And not even suggested that there is a change, right? It's just like, no. let's keep going. And poor Han, like, I mean, all three of these characters get, get, you know, are not treated well. But, like, Han is have literally nothing to do. No, I mean, they just, he just goes off on errands and they, yeah. a lot of them He's end up being pointless. Anymore, which, like, why isn't he? Like, why? Yeah, like, keep him they say here that he gave up his military commission, but they don't say, like, why or anything yeah, like or that. Yeah, it's affected him or, you know, maybe something He's happened. Not, like, He's not doing anything that. useful, like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, at one point the Nagri call him, like, Leia's consort, and he's like, hey, wait a minute. And, but yeah. I'm like, Han, but that's what yes. you are. Like, that's what you're 
he's a real he has a real sort of prince philip reaction to that kind of thing he's a we've compared him to prince philip quite a bit he's a real (laughs) prince philip here it's established in the the series that is who he is he just doesn't know what to do with himself we gotta get him get him flying lessons like he needs yeah (laughs) get him cars Let him go out and like have little projects with his friends. Yeah, send him let to him, Australia. To let do him the, go to yeah. let him go to Australia with his friends and like, yeah, like he needs to do something. Keep him busy. Yeah, um, yeah. And Luke just comes off. You know, I think more. I mean, we've been mad at Luke for ninety nine percent of these books, but you know, at least he's sort of like engaged in you know and you know maybe very sleepy, but like doing something like here he just seems like sleepy and a bit of a dumb dumb <laughs> yeah he's just like he's just along for the ride like he's not yeah. trying to steer the ship at all right he's it just is not like, like we see in jedi who has like come into his own and is like confident and you know ready to be a jedi like this is luke being like i don't know anything about anything <laughs> yeah i wish someone would tell me i mean maybe they spent the lot like you know before the blanks were sort of filled in by other books. Like maybe in this, they just spent the last five years like in a room, just like sleeping <laughs> and like resting and what like marathoning shows. And just, that like, is a hundred percent what it feels like. We deserve a vacation. <laughs> yeah, like, we've been nothing. through so much. <laughs> that's what it feels. Yeah, it just feels like they, you know, just remained the exact same people they were. And five years is a long time, especially when they were young. Like it's not like yeah, five were, years know. is a long time to not change at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, Leia and Luke are probably like maybe I don't know, twenty two, twenty three, a Jedi. Yeah, so they're not even thirty, <laughs> and they are <laughs> totally stagnant. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, tell us I mean, politely and kindly, but if you have a different. Yeah, if you like this, if you like Like, Thrawn, tell us why. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to know the appeal of this guy. Yeah. Thrawn or just the series. Or the series, yeah. Series in general. Um, Because I was just really bummed by this. Yeah. And even, I mean, Thrawn, consistent for sure, because even his last words, like when he gets stabbed in the chest by the Nagri, he's like, and he like kind of smiles and he's like, it was so artistically done. It was yeah. like, it, I don't know why, but what it made me think of was the end of Clue when oh, um, yeah. Tim Curry is like, good shot, Green. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. he dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when you're appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great oh, Well, well, yeah. you do know us. Yeah, like, he was happy that that's the way it ended, because he was like, at least this was a clever. <laughs> yeah, autistic. It was just yeah, like, oh, oh so yeah, gross. It's, it's a lot. So, yeah. we did ask the question in the last episode of who your favorite oh, yeah. Star Wars villain is. Do you have a favorite Star Wars villain? I mean, I think, I think Ben Solo. Yeah? And, I mean, and that's, I... That could change. We're still in the middle of in the right, middle of, of course. But I think he's the most compelling in terms of characterization that we get on screen. Um, and certainly, like, there's a lot of 
feel the conflict within you. Like, there's a lot of conflict <laughs> in that character in a way that I think with the Emperor and Vader in the original series, like, is only sort of hinted right. at and never brought to the forefront. Like, I appreciate... Like, I'm not sure he's, like... He's not the most, in, like, adept <laughs> villain, I would say. But, no. like, I think he's scary. Uh, those scenes where he just goes bananas, like, and just, like, has those temper tantrums. Like, that, to me, is scary. Like, his sort yeah. of like, volatility, I think, is... I think I totally see what you're saying. And, like, the scene... I think the, the unpredictability does yeah. make him kind of scary. Because, like, the scene where... Ray really feels like, you know, they formed this connection that he's going to come with her and then he goes in the other direction. It's like heartbreaking, but it's also scary when he starts doing that, like, no, you're still holding on, like, or you're not letting go or whatever it is that he says. I think because he doesn't even know, like, it's not even just that we don't know what he's going to do next. It's like he doesn't even seem to know what he wants. And I think that's sort of a compelling. So I don't, I'm, my favorite in the sense that I think the way I'm basically. (laughs) <laughs> it's like the most interesting right like not necessarily the best not necessarily the most you know capable or scariest just like the most interesting or but for me I, me for me i think you know it's entertainment the best villain is the one that you are the most interested in seeing on screen right like yeah, yeah for sure yeah yeah and his scenes to me are i mean it's also like adam driver is just well he's just amazing in those (laughs) movies like i mean he's an amazing actor anyway but he's just yeah he's uh, he's working so hard he's so intense and committed there's basically nothing of him in like the blooper reels there's no like we watched the behind the uh director's what was that called oh the 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 director in the jedi or the director in the jedi that's right on the uh last jedi dvd which is amazing if you have oh definitely worth watching but yeah there's like interviews with all the actors and you sort of see and like you never see adam driver and apparently it's because he was just like in character the whole time like you were not just like super serious he's never goofing around he's never like yeah he's just very focused (laughs) and And it shows like it pays off Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i would say like it's not my favorite Star Wars movie. I didn't hate it. Not my favorite Star Wars movie, but my favorite Star Wars villain, Dryden Voss. Yeah. I thought he was amazing. He was great. And I, I think it's the same reason. It's like, the a same. Lot of the same ideas, yeah. It's a lot of the same stuff about, you know, being a little bit volatile, a little bit unhinged, you know, got it, like, together enough to be dangerous, together enough to have, like, right. you know, figured everything out. And just the way he... I feel like he has the best, like, menace. I feel like he's the most menacing, especially in the way, like, he physically sort of dominates the space and the other characters, the way people, like, sort of shrink away from him or stiffen up around him or, you know, the the very quick sort of mood switches where it seems like he's kind of choosing to go that way, but you know once it tips past a certain point. Like, there's no, like, I thought he was great. And again, another great actor, right? Like, Yeah, and there's a sort of, like, I want to say sweetness, but maybe that's not the right word. But, like, like the way he speaks, right, he's a sort of, like, honey-dripped, like, very sort of um, compelling to the characters on screen, right, not just the audience, that, like, there's some seductive, I guess is the word, like, seductive about him. You know, not necessarily in like a sexual way, just in sort of the way that he, you know, sort of command, like you're saying, commands the room and that he's sort of dangerous in the way like 
a spider is to a fly, like, right? Yeah, like, like, he, sort of, everyone is immediately drawn into his dynamic. Yeah. And, you know, and he knows that, and he uses that power a lot. And, you know, I think it's, for me, personally, hard to uh, underestimate the power of a sense of humor in a villain. Like, when they're having the big shootout, and he sort of, like, calls out to Han, like, hey, I think we need to, like, renegotiate or something like that. And it's just, like a pitch perfect delivery of that moment where you can like he sees the ridiculousness yeah. of the situation too right he's not right, all yeah. just you know self-importance right. and right i mean i'm happy for my villains to have hubris like it's an evil yeah. trait it's a right. good villain trait yeah. fine but right i also like for someone to occasionally be able to look around and be like oh this is yeah. insane <laughs> you know <laughs> gotten myself into a bad situation yeah i mean it's interesting we both chose villains from the newer movies I know. I mean, if I was going to pick another one, I mean, I I would probably pick uh, Krennic from Rogue One yeah, before I, I would pick too. Yeah, like before Vader I would pick like the Emperor or the em- or Vader. Yeah, and I'm wondering if it's just, I think, so although even as a kid, like, and I was scared of everything. Like, I was not very frightened of Vader. No, I think I found the Emperor a little more frightening. Yeah, he was more frightening than Vader, for sure. But for me, Vader is a little bit like like Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty, where they're so just, like, committed to evil and so committed to that, like, aesthetic that, (laughs) like, you know that that person is not out there, right? Right, Right. it's It's not real. It's less scary because there's no one like that. You know, there's right. just not yeah. enough, you know, there's, it's just, it's just like a silhouette. It's not like a full yeah. character where I feel like you're yeah. more, you're more fleshed out villains are a little scarier when yeah. you start to realize yeah. like there's a little more going on there. This is, um, you know, someone became this and someone chose this. And I think that's part of what makes Ben Solo so interesting yeah. is that it's you're like watching someone it, yeah. choose it. He's picked it. He's really seems committed and yeah. there's, but there's still suspense, right? Like you are with the characters and with him wondering what he's going to do next. Like wondering yeah. if he is going to go this way or if he is going to turn back the other way. Yeah. Or... yeah. I like that sort of like, un... like being unsure of villains and they're. Yeah. I guess I like my villains to be a little bit more. I like my villains a little more like mercurial and a little less ideological. Yeah. Like... That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I like them to be flawed. Yeah. And not just flawed because they're evil. Flawed, like... Right. I think that's why Thrawn doesn't work, right? Because it's like... We're supposed to not think of him as a flawed... Right. No, I mean, they even say... Like, even our characters in the New Republic are like, oh, this will finally show that Thrawn is fallible. And somebody else is, like, muttering, like, if he even is fallible, I don't know. Right, right, yeah. And he never... scary. Yeah, and I mean, and he never gets that big kind of comeuppance because the the thing that ultimately brings him down is that the Nagri figure out what he's done to their planet, and they only do because of uh, Leia's interference, right? Which right. he had no way of predicting, because God knows he would have predicted it if he could have. So There was all- art. <laughs> if only he could have seen the art with which she had decorated her apartment, <laughs> then he would have known that she would have investigated the coal grass of the Nagri. Uh, <laughs> but 
Yeah. You know, there's just he never has to come to grips with like that he did it wrong, that he screwed up, you know, he gets to just get treated like a god until he yeah. dies. And also, yeah, like the way he dies, it's like he's like loving it. Like he, Yeah. He's so on board with it. Yeah. <laughs> he proves. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't it's it's not compelling me as a villain. I want my villains to go down like Kablabla, screaming, yeah. shooting and lightning, exploding. and exploding. <laughs> There'd be an explosion. <laughs> then you explode. <laughs> Jedi uh, disappear. Yeah. Sith explode. That's or Dark well. Jedi. Yep. Mm, yeah. So I guess I guess that's I guess that's, that's that. Yeah. We did it. It's the end of that. I don't know where we're going next. We gotta decide. Well, we gotta finish Moss Eisley Cantina. No, Moss Eisley, yeah. I mean, after. Yeah. After Moss Eisley, where are we going? There's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. We can go, we can do the Corellian trilogy. We can oh. do, which I think sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um, and it also is like an author that we don't already know. And I think bringing yeah, in some fresh nice. blood is always um, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know we yeah. had talked about it. So I think that's a that's a yeah. good one. So but yeah, next week we'll finish out um the Mal Tales of Cantina. Uh and we are starting with uh When the Desert Wind Turns, the Stormtrooper's Tale. Sweet. Uh, and going through through the end. Sweet. So yeah. Join us next week for even more tales from Moss Eisley Cantina. Yo, that should be. And yeah, chime in. I mean, you know, obviously, please be nice about it. But yeah, <laughs> if you are, if you are, you know, a big fan of the Thrawn trilogy, just let us. Yeah, I mean, let us know. I mean, we're open. Always love to see something from a fresh, a fresh perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening. Catch you next Bye. time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.